Good morning and bright and early Saturday morning to you guys, basketball fans. As you know, what you are watching and listening to, if you have subscribed or plan to subscribe, keeping my fingers crossed, of course, uh, to our many platforms, the YouTube, Tate's Take, the podcast, YouTube page, as well as anywhere you find your favorite podcast, that being Spotify, Red Circle, Stitcher, um, as well as uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes, the whole nine, anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. So please subscribe, 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 as I always try to pound that into everybody's head on a regular basis. Uh, got a really, really, really awesome guest for you guys today. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the Atlanta Hawks, as well as uh, where actually I met this gentleman at, and I really had the honor and the pleasure uh, and was certainly delighted to do so as well. Uh, so just really, really excited about the guest on, on, on this morning and really think that you guys will certainly enjoy uh, some of his commentary if you're familiar with the Atlanta Hawks. You've been enjoying this guy's uh, commentary for what I'm thinking is somewhere right around like 24, 25 years, somewhere right up in that range. I'll make sure that I have those numbers correct here in just a second. Without further ado, let me make sure that I bring them on. As you know, you're listening to Tate's Take the podcast follow along on social media t-a-t-e-s-t-a-k-e-h-o-o-p-s hashtag as you know per usual where basketball lives i want to bring in this gentleman here bob rathbin from the atlanta hawks the play-by-play announcer for the atlanta hawks since i believe it was 1996 if my math is correct on that one you are correct dt <laughs> appreciate you so 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 much for coming on i know you that bet. we've been uh trying to work on something like this for quite some time for a while and i'm really really happy to have you on as i'm sure that all of our guests here on today uh are happy as well certainly the consensus will probably agree with me when you're saying that the atlanta hawks is certainly one of the most exciting uh teams to watch play in the nba mm-hmm. uh obviously just calling it what it is, you know, it, it, the, the elephant in the room probably being Trey Young, one of the most elect, arguably or inarguably one of the most electrifying players mm-hmm. in the NBA. And I don't want to just single him out because there are some others. Uh, one of the youngest teams in the NBA. Now, I think that entering this past year, there was a lot of conversation, a lot of a lot of things swirling around the NBA about how exciting and how optimistic people were about the Hawks entering the season. And they didn't necessarily live up to. Uh, all of the expectations. I don't think that there's uh, anything that's secretive there. I think it's really wrong personally, and I'll let you speak on this a little bit to go Mm -hmm. off and kind of point the finger and blame John Collins because of the 25 games and so forth. But what, what do you think that the the reason that we saw the Hawks this year, and maybe they didn't live up to some of those uh, expectations. What do you think some of those reasons were? And what did you see from this year that that, that you think they can capitalize on quickly that we could see, next year uh, that we didn't see this year? Yeah, great questions. Um, The one thing I think all NBA fans have to understand, and Hawks fans particularly, and I think anybody who's been a Hawks fan for a long time and follows this league knows that young teams don't win. Uh, Many times last season, we put a starting lineup on the floor where the oldest guy was 22. Uh, And you look at the teams that win in this league, they are veterans. Uh, They've been through the mill. They have experience. They have playoff experience and they know how to win. Young guys just don't. And this league will punish you if you don't know how to play. And that's the growing pains that we're going through as a franchise. Now, the second part of your question, uh, 
we do have a young core. They're very exciting. Uh, they're fun to watch. I love them. I think they've got great potential. But, and there's, you know, there's always a but, right? But we've, we've got to put a ball club together. I don't think people understand that you can't get through 82 games playing six young guys. You just can't. Uh, I don't care who it is. It, it could be the Hawks. It could be the Lakers. Um, you name it. You cannot get through this with six or seven guys. So look at the Hawks roster. Going forward in the next year, right now as we speak, we've only got nine players under contract for next season. And two of them, one of them is Brandon Goodwin, you know, our two-way guy who, you know, got a full contract. And then Bruno Fernando who is still very early in his developmental phase as an NBA player. So we've got to come up in this offseason with ballplayers. We've got to figure out the bench. We've got to figure out what what the draft pick is going to look like. Where will we be in the lottery? We won't know our lottery pick till the end of August. And the draft is not going to be until the middle of October. So we are in a very tenuous position right now as we speak. Now, Travis, Rod, Lloyd, they know this better than anybody, and they work on this day and night. But I'm just what I'm saying from our from a fan's perspective is we've got to put a ball club together. We're going to have to do it very quickly. And if we get back to playing in December, uh, it's the first of August today. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got a long way to go and a very short time to get there to compete in this league. Now, will these guys do better next year? Yeah, the natural maturation of Trey, Herter, Collins. You know, we haven't even seen Capella put on a uniform yet. Uh, you know, all the young guys, Hunter and Reddish, and, and they will continue their upward climb. There's no question. But to win, which is your question, you know, we it's TBA right now. We've got to put this team together before we can even talk about, you know, where we're going to be standing as a team when we start the season again in December, in my opinion. How critical is their their growth as youth um, when they're playing against some of these veteran players? How, how, how critical is that for these guys? Yeah, well, they're still in. DT, they are still in the learning and development phase. Uh, Lloyd has said that uh, he wants to make that adjustment in their thinking for next year to where they will be a, a playoff contender. And, you know, you, you mentioned a guy like Cam Reddish. Uh, I think the young man's got star written all over him. I think he's got a chance to really be an outstanding NBA player. The rest of the guy, I mean, obviously Trey has established himself, but the rest of the guys, I think you're still, we're still in a kind of, you know, where does all this fit in? How best does this work? Is Herter best as a starter? Is he better coming off the bench? You know, uh, for DeAndre Hunter, where, where best do we play him? Do we play him at the three? Do we play him at the four? Uh, he guard multiple positions what how best so i think we're still trying to see um just how all these pieces will fit together um 
so you've got that side of the equation. Now you've got the winning side of the equation. You know, you just can't get your brains beat out night after night after night. So uh, how do we augment this group? And this is goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Um, you know, how do we retool this bench? What free agents do we go after? Uh, what trades do we make, if we make any at all? So I think these are all questions that, you know, have got to, we've got to get some answers for these uh, before we can really talk about how the, the, the entire team will come together. We know these young guys are going to be fine. I mean, they're going to be good players in the NBA. Exactly. The question before us is not, you know, are they going to make it? They're going to make it. They're going to be fine. But how do we best put the pieces together around them to have a winning team, one that Lloyd wants to challenge for a playoff spot next season? And we've, we've got a long way to go to get there. Sure, sure. sure. And I know you mentioned another thing, and I know we got to get out of here pretty fast because I know we're kind of up against it. But, um, you know, you mentioned that the, the, the NBA draft. Now, looking at these pieces, they have so many pieces, guys, that you can – switch in and out of different places. Uh -huh. If you want to play small ball, if you want to play long ball, uh, and you mentioned some of that, you know, with guys that play so many different positions, you know, you can put Cam right. Reddish anywhere between, you know, in some situations where there wasn't Trey last year, you know, he played the point guard position starting out and played small forward and played shooting guard. Maybe even in some cases you had DeAndre Hunter playing the two through the four and so much, you know, di different uh, options that you had. And, and looking at it, I don't know exactly what they need I outside know. of, you know, by position because you have a capella, so you have your rim protection. And, you know, John Collins has been taking strides with that in his jump shooting. And then, you know, you have your wings and you have your guards. And sure, you could use a backup point guard, but you can go and get that for relatively cheap with an experienced veteran in this league. Um, so, you know, it's almost like where do you go with that? Me personally, I kind of feel that. You know, this is when you're looking at, you know, what you may be able to get in a draft that is not expected to be as good or as solid uh, as some of the others. Maybe do you, you know, kind of dangle that carrot over someone else's head if, if you have a top three or top five mm -hmm. pick and they want right. someone else wants to move up and go get someone. Uh, maybe you can move back and still acquire some other pieces. Um, Bob Rathman here, the Atlanta Hawks and Atlanta Dream play by play TV announcer for Fox Sports South and. Uh, one of my last questions I want to get out to you, I definitely want to let the people know, as I always do this with my guests, where we met. Um, so I'm not sure if you really remember this, but I do recall that um, you were, uh, I believe, hosting the Atlanta Tip-Off Club. And of course, I'm a huge, huge, huge college basketball guy. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we brought all in all of the coaches from Kennesaw State, Georgia State, Georgia right. Tech, and UGA. Um, and I'm not sure if they're still doing that or not, but I remember meeting you at that time and you were just always, you know, gracefully and very uh, nice and kind to me and, and, and meeting other people. So I definitely before we get off of here, want to let you know how thankful, overly grateful I am and appreciative of your hospitality and just uh, meeting you on site. You meet so many different people sometimes it's like oh, I could have did without this person. It was outstanding to be able to have the pleasure and the honor to be able to uh, shake hands with you and, and meet you during that time. So I want to thank you for that. Um, one other question I did have, and maybe not able, we got to get you back on here because the time seems to fly. I know, I know. I could talk hoop all day with you. I, dude, come on. <laughs> Most people would tell you this guy will literally talk your ear off. I mean, standing <laughs> up and ear on the ground, this guy will talk your ear off. So, uh, but uh, nice to know that I can actually do that with someone else. 
you've seen so many players come in here to Atlanta, and it's not just these mm-hmm. two guys who are some of the most amazing dunkers in the history of, of, the, uh, of the NBA, let alone of the Atlanta Hawks. But being a person who saw these two particular players, I have to be the person to know. And I don't know if you've ever been asked this, but we've seen Dominique Wilkins for the people who can remember that. Mm-hmm. And we've seen now making his way out in Vince Carter, which I would love for you to elaborate on his career as an Atlanta Hawk and just him as a person. But those two as dunkers, if this was a dunk off in their prime years, uh, maybe, you know, which way would you go on that one? Because I'm just as stuck as gum on the bottom of a shoe. Which way would you go on that one? In their prime years, both wearing Atlanta Hawks jerseys and uniforms. How, how, how do you compare those two at all? Well, I mean, you can't go wrong really with either one. I no, would, <laughs> I would give, um, I would give Neek a slight edge. Um, you know, some of it is our friendship. Some of it is our, uh, you know, I, I broadcast a game where he played in high school. Um, so we go back, uh, quite a long way in North Carolina. So I would, I would give he he made his reputation uh, as a dunker, um, and I think over the years, DT, what has happened is that people have forgotten what a great all-around player Neek was. Uh, all, all anybody remembers are the dunks. Well, he didn't score twenty-six thousand points dunking the basketball. You know, he, there was the mid-range game. Uh, I mean, he w- he did it all. Uh, great in transition. Whereas what we saw with Vince, uh, obviously he came on onto the scene as a high flyer and a dunker and, you know, won the contest, but that was 20 years ago. And then as the years have gone by, we have seen Vince sort of transition into uh, the player that we sort of saw here in Atlanta. I mean, he was at the tail end, but I mean, Vince, you know, became... Uh, the the all around shooter et cetera that we saw uh, toward the end of his career. That's correct. But Neek Neek sort of stayed the same. You know, his whole time in Atlanta, it was the same deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the leader. He didn't really have anybody else around him uh, to speak of uh, in terms of you know that big all star presence that to to go with him. So a very tough question. I think both are outstanding. Uh, but I would just give a little bit of an edge to the human highlight film. No, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I know that it's almost like you, like you said before, you can't go wrong um, with either of these guys and definitely want to looking forward to maybe getting you back on here. I know I said that was my last question. I actually have one more, if I could just squeeze in just one okay. more question with you, Bob, yep. a guy uh, actually chimed in on the show who's actually a cousin of mine believe it or not same last name so it shouldn't be that hard to imagine with a really awesome book out who's now an author as well called black fatherhood keith tate asking bob what were you all uh what were what are you offering asking about uh john collins and saying are you willing to part with him uh well me i would offer john um I've got 250 on a Starbucks card. That's about all I got to offer John. Now the Hawks have a lot more money uh, than I do, but I, I don't know. Where, I, they're not going to let John walk. There's no question. Uh, he's a big, big part. He wants to be here. The timing of all this, I mm-hmm. think, has changed the equation. Not, mm-hmm. 
not that the end result is going to be favorable to John and favorable to the Hawks. The problem is we don't know what the cap's going to happen mm-hmm. with the cap. Uh, nobody saw a pandemic when they wrote the CBA. Mm-hmm. Revenues are going to be drastically down. Everybody's going to take a hit. Are they going to leave the cap where it is? Are they going to reduce it? Does everybody get reductions across the board? And nobody has those answers. So it's really hard to say, you know, just what the Hawks are going to do, what any team is going to do with their own restricted free agents in the next three, four months. We just don't have any direction on that yet. You know, a yeah. max deal, a max deal for John or for any you know, say guy in their fourth year might be reduced significantly. So he may be better off just to wait, you know, wait a year mm-hmm. uh, and then and then try to get a, a, a better deal, a better second contract, because extending him now doesn't seem to make much sense, given the uncertainty yeah. of the marketplace. So that's I'm what sure. I would say. I would say to Hawks fans, don't worry, don't panic. But let it play out. They know what they're doing, and both sides are well aware. Everybody, everybody in the league knows we are going through the most crazy time we've ever gone through, and it'll all work out in the end. I'm not sure that there's anybody would definitely disagree with that. Uh, I probably couldn't have said it better myself. Bob Rathman, Atlanta Hawks, and Atlanta Dream play-by-play TV announcer from Fox Sports South. Thank you so so much. For coming on buddy you got it willing and and i'm really glad to have you here and i'm uh, looking forward to when we can do this all over again it was my pleasure and i'm very proud of you for what you've done i mean you have bootstrapped this thing right from the start and it's been your passion and your energy and your positive enthusiasm that's gotten you this far and will take you a long way so it's my pleasure to join you today That means more than you know, probably everything to me. Thank you so much. Bob Rathman, everybody, make sure that you follow him along. Thank you so much on uh, Twitter as well as on IG, social media at Bob Rathman TV, at B-O-B-R-A-T-H-B-U-N TV. And uh, really grateful for having him on. Now, I definitely wanted to, uh, I know that we couldn't necessarily get to everything and there may have been some audio issues in there. So, of course, you know, this thing isn't perfect. Uh, but yet we're still, you know, ironing out wrinkles as I like to call it all the time. And just, um, and, uh, and, and I guess kind of, you know, trying to tighten up some loose screws a little bit. Um, so if there's anybody else and I'm, I'm definitely going to, um, definitely going to open the floor up to some, some different people as we kind of talking about NBA basketball now for the next few minutes, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to, you know, thankfully uh, some people were chiming in and let me know not only about the audio issues, but also chiming in about some of the things that Bob uh, was referred were referencing as regards to the Atlanta Hawks. Lawrence Goggins uh, chiming in um, as well as uh, Keith Tate, of course, chiming in as well. Rob Hamilton, uh, along with Mel B, uh, Pasty, not to not let me let, let me let me throw this up there. I could probably spell it better than I can say it, but I want to make sure that I'm not butchering anyone's name. Patsy, not to not Nagara or not to Nagara, something right up in that range. I, I, I'm sorry if I if I butchered the last name a little bit. I tried to do the best that I possibly could, kind of like those Atlanta Hawks. But um, uh, definitely want to thank you for for chiming in with us as well. 
Uh, Julio ATL chiming in as well, saying that they should let John Collins walk. And that's kind of my issue with uh, John Collins is that the crazy part is that John Collins came in and when I saw him get drafted, I was there at the uh, pre at the Atlanta, at the official Atlanta Hawks um, draft and had the opportunity to after they drafted um, after they drafted John and just looking at who was all who else was all there on the board. You probably couldn't have said, you know what, I'd rather have this player. Or I'd rather have this player instead of John. Uh, was he the best available player? Well, now looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, at that time, I'm not sure that I necessarily would have gone that route that I think he was the best available player at that time. But they definitely did themselves, um, you know, justice and service by picking him up at that time where I wasn't. I told John this to his face. I said, I, I, I wasn't a believer. I wasn't a believer that, you know, you were going to come into the league and do what you have done and have the first year that he had. And now this is going into his second year at this particular time that I had the opportunity to speak with him and let him know that because I want to be completely transparent and full disclosure that I just was not a believer. And I told this John to John to his face, but I was wrong. And I, you know, and that's just what it was. So not only did he come out of the gate, his rookie year and have some really good numbers that really surprised even me and still didn't see the floor nearly as much. I think he could have because of Torian Prince and some other guys that were there playing at his position, but even more so um, he came out his second year and really even stepped it up a higher notch something that I was not um, something that I was not, you know, expecting um, at that time either. And then came out his third year, even though, and I do completely understand and overstand the 25 games and people are always going to point the finger at John. And I don't think it's right to just point the finger at John. I love the way that Jabari Parker stepped up in, in, in that role and in his position, um, which I thought was obviously something that was really good for that team, but even more so, um, I would have liked the idea of seeing John come back this year and see how he can raise up to another level because I just did not see this in John Collins, not just the the way he performed his rookie year, not just the way he performed his second year, but even this past year. And so I have no other reason but to trust and believe that John Collins was going to lift his game up again. I'm interested to see how things are, were going to work out between him and uh, and, and Trey Young in pick and roll situations or when Trey Young uh, penetrates to the basket uh, and throws the lob. I'm interested to see how things are going to work out with Clint Capella. I'm not really sure what that's going to look like just yet, uh, but I know that Atlanta Hawks fans are, uh, you know, doing some, 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 you know, have, have some thoughts on exactly what that's going to look like as well. And why we like to be ideal of how that'll look with Trey Young penetrating to the basket and just throwing it up. You might have two guys that are going to be trying to go for the basketball at that time and put it down. But, I say all that because John Collins really worked on his jump shot that has significantly improved. His rim protection, I think, slightly improved, probably not to the level that he would have liked. Um, and even his perimeter defense. Those are three particular areas that after speaking with John entering the season that he really wanted to lock in on and focus on. So when you say, you know, letting John walk, kind of like Julio ATL did, um, uh, and also saying that he's going to want more money uh, than he is worth, uh, they need a true number one. I like Trey, but he but he has to be the number two. I'm not sure that I'm willing to put uh, someone who's averaging like 10 assists on the on the season in the league at the number two spot. Situational, uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. But just long term, eh, I'm not sure that I'd be willing to go that route. However, um, the reality is that when you look at 
John, like when you, when when you, when you look up the definition in your in in your mind of um of max contract, and you flip to that in the dictionary, okay. John Collins' name and picture just does not it doesn't is it's it's not him that rings a bell. It does not appear in your mind. Um, but when you look at his numbers, I know some other guys whose numbers have not looked all that great that got max deals. They can't even compare to the numbers that John Collins has gotten. Um, and, and, and it's just, it's, it's kind of night and day, you know, as much as I really like Draymond Green and him as a defender and so forth. And there's a lot of other things that made him some money. And he's kind of like the modern day Dennis Rodman in a sense, uh, to an extent as a, as a, a, a glorified role player. Um, but if he's offered something to Max, and I'm just using Draymond Green as an example, then why is somebody like a uh, why why is somebody like a John Collins not being offered something like that because he can give you that and more? Now it might look different, uh, but it's not going to be exactly that. So I just want to uh, go through some of the uh, comments since we can kind of keep this thing going and um, and see what everybody else is talking about. Lawrence Goggins saying that. John Collins is very efficient, a 20 and 10 guy. Uh, once his rim protection comes around consistently, he'll be a top player in the league. Uh, to my niece, Brianna, Bree Carter, keep grinding, uncle. You know I'm going to do my best to keep uh, trying to do that. Always thankful when you get those family members. Hey, I used, every time I see her name, like scroll up or something, or she's calling or whatever, I'm always like, hey, I used to change your diapers. Don't ask me why that's the first thing that comes to my mind, but it's just the truth. So I appreciate her being a grown woman now and showing some love and um, and uh, and supporting the uncle, man, that always means a lot. Before I start shedding a tear and crying here, we're going to keep on moving, saying that uh, Mel B says that you don't let a double-double guy walk. I don't know if that's a WTF, but that's a TF. Oh, TF. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I'm not going to say that here. Um, great chat, fellas, from Lawrence Goggins. Uh Patsy, we're just going to leave it at Patsy for right now because I don't want to butcher the last name again, but apparently I said it right the first time, so we're just going to leave it um, at that. Uh, you you said mine's right. Woo, woo, LOL from Mel B. Um, we've also got, let's see who else we got in here. Um, some more basketball stuff in here. I'm sure of it. Oh, Larisha Harris, who does awesome, awesome work. One of my really good friends and the person who I was hanging out with when the NBA decided to conclude the remainder of the season up until this point and forego the remainder of it um, up until now. Um, saying, hey, Tate, awesome stuff. You're doing Tyrese Halliburton, Iowa State. And I know that there are some question marks in regards to um, – the injury that he's coming off of and he didn't have the greatest year in the world, but a lot of people don't really watch Iowa state to see exactly what kind of year he had, especially from a size standpoint, uh, his length, um, not the most athletic guy in the world, but can certainly, you know, keep up with some of the most athletic players. Uh, and, and he's, he, you don't have to beg him to play defense. And this just sounds like an Atlanta Hawks pick to an extent. And you're not, if, if, if the Hawks could, could and I know we, we talked about they wouldn't do this, but move down. But if they're gonna make a pick here, um, and, and, and you're looking at number five, that might be a guy that you want to see because he is the ball handler. Where much like Julio ATL was saying that you know you want to get Trey Young off of the 
point guard position for a little while. You move him over to the two guard, and you got a guy who's big enough in size and a and a ball handler um, with a pretty good NBA body uh, who maybe need to hit the weight room a little bit. But I think you can say that about anybody in this draft, probably not named Anthony Edwards. Um, and, and I think that he would do well at that position and, and be a really good backup. Um, uh, one thing that Bob Rathbun mentioned was – a player by the name of Brandon Goodwin, who uh, is currently the backup point guard for the Hawks between him and Jeff Teague. And I never understood or overstood the purpose of Jeff Teague uh, at coming back to Atlanta, where I just didn't really serve much of a purpose for me, especially when you can keep that money and go elsewhere to get some help or allow that financial decision contribute that to another player at another position maybe getting some help defensively specifically which is something that this team definitely needs but brandon goodwin being a player uh one of my buddies man from best friend park over there on jimmy carter if you're familiar with the atl then you know what i'm talking about um so we used to play a little pickup over there and i'm really really happy super excited for the opportunities that brandon goodwin got an opportunity at this year with the Atlanta Hawks and his contract. And so I just want to throw him a shout out because I know I've been working towards getting him here on the podcast as well for quite some time, but just definitely want to show him some love because uh, where he's come from and being a hometown product uh, and, and, and then now making his way onto his hometown team. I mean, that's, that's kind of like every kid's dream to an extent. And so uh, I think that is very important that um, I show him some love there. Um, uh, Mel B also saying, you know, we need more veterans for the Hawks who can help us defensively and offensively and bring leadership and we will be okay. I like to think that I can, uh, agree with that. That's, that's going to be the main thing, um, is going to be, uh, that leadership. Uh, Lawrence Grogan saying the same for Tristan Thompson too overpaid. I'm not sure if that's in, in comparison to, uh, John Collins, exactly, from the Atlanta Hawks. But um, I would imagine that that's kind of, you know, where he was going with that one. I definitely have rather have John Collins. Uh, if I'm going to choose between the two to take on a max contract or a big-time contract, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to go uh, with John Collins on that one. And I see what he's saying here. Same for Tristan Thompson, talking about guys like Draymond Green and so forth, guys that are getting max contracts and are definitely overpaid. Um Julio ATL sending it's all about the timing for those um, big time contracts. Um, audio messing up, can't hear me. Oh, Cam is special. Uh, you don't see too many rookies come in off the rip to play good defense the way that Cam Reddish has. So appreciate um as it seems like I'm we've got some audio issues here and trying to finagle those and wiggle some of those issues out. Not really sure why that is, but I do thank and appreciate everybody for staying uh, here with me. And again, thanking everybody for chiming in. Carlos J, Julio ATL, uh, Mel B, Lawrence Groggins. Let's give this thing. Oh, Larisha Harris, uh, Rob Hamilton, <clears throat> who I probably need to be on the line with ASAP to talk about <laughs> some of these audio issues. Um, let's see if I can pronounce this properly because I'm going to try this one more time. Patsy Natangara, Natangara. It is one of those two because I got the confirmation from Patsy. So thank you 
Bree Carter, my niece, I appreciate you as one, of course, uh, Keith Tate, who always contributes to uh, the show on a regular basis. Going to end up doing this again. Got Rick Kamla coming up sometime next week. Also got Bria Janelle coming up next week uh, and got quite a few other people. But before uh, we do that, I definitely have to make sure that we find some sort of way to get some of these audio issues worked out. So I uh, appreciate everybody for chiming in. Make sure you tell your mama, tell your grandmama, tell your aunt or your auntie, depending on what uh, region of the United States that you come from. Tell your friends and tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody to make sure that they go and subscribe to the Tate's Take podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. Just type in Tate's Take, T-A-T-E apostrophe S-T-A-K-E. Um, just hover over, you know, go to your podcast, wherever you find your favorite pod, hover over that search box where you see that little magnifying glass uh, and put in Tate's Take and it'll pop up. Be sure to subscribe, share with everyone that you know. Also, the YouTube page. Yes, we have one of those two. Tate's Take. Again, T-A-T-E apostrophe S-T-A-K-E. Uh, be sure to subscribe to that as well. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, suggestions, whatever the case may be, feel free to drop me a note. DM me. Follow me along on social media uh, at I on the IG, on the gram, Instagram, whatever the cool kids call it, as well as on Twitter at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Per usual, hashtag, where basketball lives. I'll see you guys next week.